Hernandez. We are your hosts. Yes, this is it. You get a double header. Yep. Is, that, is that a double header if we're both hosts? Is that what a double header Double header, is? double fister, double gagger, double <laughs> double lister. Triple, actually, because we have a guest in today. Yes, we do. <laughs> Joining us for Gay Guts on Beautiful Hollywood is Jake Castro. He is the host of the live Gay Guts show at Bordner's in Hollywood. He is also a singer-songwriter. In fact, we're going to play a bit of this. That's his song, Crescendo. We're going to play the whole thing for you in a little bit. Jake Castro is in the house today. Hi, how's hey, it going? It's going well. I want to, real quick, Mel, I'm not sure if you know this, but I first saw Jake on the train. <laughs> well, obviously going up to Strangers on Trains really pays off because now Jake is the host of the live yeah. Gay show, which is, which is amazing. And Jake, you're also a singer. What came first, hosting or singing? I kind of got into the scene from... Um, uh, working in nightlife uh, and being kind of a club kid, a modern day club kid. Um, so I would get dressed really cool with my friends and we would host events and uh, stuff like that. So I've been hosting for a lot longer than I got the chance to sing. Gay Guts is like a really cool mix of like the two worlds because I've been hosting nightlife stuff for like five years now yeah. um, and, and getting dressed up and being like a fashion icon, which I, which to be clear, I am. And, um, and, uh, and music, which was obviously my, is my life's work. So was Gay Guts a way that you were able to merge the two, like your, your hosting world and your, was it the first time you merged that with your music? Yeah. Uh, I think it was the first time I I've hosted music events that I've created. So I used to curate an event called Frequent Frequencies um, shout out to the old Frequent Frequency crew, <laughs> um, and, which was similar to Gay Guts. And, uh, but uh, since I kind of like started working like more professionally, this is definitely the first time that I've hosted and done music at the same time. So yeah. It's, uh, yeah and you do a kick-ass job. Every, every month you have a new look, a new track, <laughs> a new song. And I want to know how you get inspired to, whether inspiration for your... I guess your visual creation comes from because yeah. the last gay guts I saw you at, you I looked like you had like I don't know metallic pins tears through your eyes or something. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Um, I was <laughs> yeah, like, which one? I was singing uh, my cover of the song I'm Blue by Eiffel 65. Which is amazing when you do that. Like thank you. Ch- like chills, in a good way chills. Oh, thank you. So I actually just shot a music video for it this weekend. Oh, you did? Yeah. So go yeah. to YouTube. This is going to live forever. Type in Jake Castro. <laughs> Two A's in yeah, Jake. Two A's. J-A-A-K-E Castro. I, uh, I wanted to reimagine kind of the sad face makeup look that's really popular right now. If you're into makeup, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like these upturned clown eyebrows and everyone's been doing it. And I was trying to think of uh, a more innovative way to do it. And uh, I wanted to find a way to uh, make like tears on a face 
um, that was still like fashion. So I just literally glued my eyelashes became long chains. So it looks like I'm crying when my eyes are open. Mm. And I love the way it looks when I'm like dancing and moving because the chain is like bopping around. And um, yeah, a lot of my ideas come from what's already happening. And I just want to see if I can put my own stamp on it. Um, And then I often just wake up wanting to be dressed a certain way. So I'll like wake up and be like, I want to, my, the new big thing we're trying to create is a cloud. I want to come to the club as a cloud. Oh, <laughs> yes, please come as a cloud. Come as a cloud. Um, I, uh, yeah, I literally woke up though. I was like, I want to be a cloud. Hmm. Uh, like is it this, like a first thought in the morning? Yeah. I usually wake up with a song stuck in my head and some type of like visual idea. An original song? Like uh, some song? No, no, can... no, no, no. Usually I wake up with like, rah, rah, ah, Oh, I can't stop. <laughs> I wake up singing usually. Or I'm really hungry. So I'm either like French toast now or I'm singing. Mm. Yeah. And how do you how do you go about writing music? Where do you uh, draw inspiration? What's your process like? I don't know. I don't know how people have processes around music. I certainly do not. It just comes and goes, ebbs and flows. Ooh, look at me going now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm about to start rapping. Um, Yeah, it just really, lyrics will hit me. Um, A lot of times it starts as poetry. Um, A lot of times it'll come as a sentence and I'm like, that's genius. I have to write this now. Mm. But lately I've been struggling, speaking of the train, of getting lyrics in the most inappropriate time. Like I'll be in the bus and I'll like get hit with some song lyrics. And I'm literally like in the corner of the bus, like with my phone out on voice recorder, like whispering the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So I don't forget it. Like looking completely crazed, I'm sure. But so, um, okay. That's actually really interesting that you say that. And I hate to put like a structure to it, but I did as a creative writer, cause I, I write, I write. I'm a writer. I'm not a songwriter, but I write. But I I remember going to a writing coach who said to me, so if you want to stop your characters, and I wonder if it's a similar thing with song lyrics, if you want to stop your characters coming to you when you're in the middle of the grocery store and you don't have time to like write it down or talk to them and ask them more questions because yeah. characters will come and you can actually ask them a question like oh oh what did what what was it like you know was it nighttime or daytime when that happened mm. like you really can ask characters those questions mm. as a writer mm. so she said if you want to stop that then you pick a time of day when you sit down and the characters know that you're going to be doing your creative writing mm. so you put this intense structure to it so you know it every day at 11 a.m. you're going to sit down and yeah. song write. And even though you probably write up until like 10, 59 and freaking 59 seconds, you're like going, I got nothing. <laughs> then next minute it starts flowing because they they learn to come. Whatever it is, they, the uh-huh. voices, yeah, yeah. learn. To, they're like, oh, you're going to honor me? You're going to be here at mm-hmm. 11 o'clock each day? Cool. I'll, I'll turn up and I'll tell you then. I'll save it till then. Mm-hmm. And they give you your peace and quiet. Yeah. <laughs> so that be- is a way if you, if you struggle with, well, not struggle yeah. with the creative process, but if you struggle with creative interruptions throughout your day and find it hard to stay focused. Yeah. I, it's, I bet there's nothing wrong with singing into your phone on the bus. No, <laughs> I, and it, but I do, I do think it's important to put practice into play because a lot of people kind of wait for inspiration to happen and it happens it happens you know but if you're gonna it has happened but there is work that needs to be done and a part of that work is is setting time aside you know and and digging deep so i was there is the saying the muse follows work i was inspired by this uh lana del rey instagram video a long time ago where she was like i forced myself to write a song once a day so i did this like 30 day writing so but i I found myself actually 
freaking love her. I love Lana Del Rey. But I just ended up writing like the same song over and over. Oh, really? Mm. So So not as into that. And also, Mm -hmm. um, I'm not famous enough for this to be a problem to say. I think that Lana writes a lot of the same songs. So I I sometimes wonder if uh, uh, too much practice creates monotony. Well, I think she's a mood. You know, you get in and you get into a hole. And I think that's why for me, I... I binge on Lana Del Rey. Me too. Mm-hmm. No. I didn't yeah. know that about you, Enrique. Oh, so do I. Fuck yeah, I got secrets. <laughs> you know? And, are we allowed um, to curse? Actually, yes, we are. Fuck. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. And holding it in. Yeah. Do you have someone that you binge listen to, Jake? Um, for binge listening, it's new music. So I get obsessed with new albums right now. I'm obsessed, speaking of queer artists, of Grayson Chance. Oh, yeah. Uh, beautiful voice. Beautiful voice. Beautiful kid. He... Uh, got famous on the Ellen DeGeneres show singing a Lady Gaga song when he was 12. He got famous on YouTube on, singing yeah. the Lady Gaga song in his assembly. Yeah, yeah. And that was, that was an awesome moment for queer artists everywhere. And just seeing this high school, this queer high school kid be accepted he was by 12. his whole he wasn't even school. In high school. Yeah, his school was... That's amazing. I mean, I guess we are happily in this day and age, it's getting a little easier and more open. Well, you know, in some places it's not. But I mean, what was it like for you when you were 12 and having all this creativity? It's right now you're in Los Angeles and I feel like (laughs) to be this wild and creative is is kind of, you know, part of being, you know, normal here. Yeah, 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 totally. You're kind of like weird if you're not cool. Yeah. Like, That's a lot of khaki. <laughs> you get side eye for dressing like a normal person. They're like, Are you an American Eagle? <laughs> um, no, uh, for me, it was a little bit different because I grew up practically in a cult. I was homeschooled and we weren't allowed to leave much. And so and my life revolved around church. And the church that we went to was really strange. So I often describe it as a cult. Um, so coming out for me wasn't like. Uh, yeah, it was just insane. It was crazy. It was very bad. And I also was born at a strange time. You know, I was born in 1991. That's the year that Matthew Shepard was, you know, brutally murdered for being gay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was 18, uh, like, I think a year later after I turned 18, gay marriage passed, like, in, almost, like, half of the states. There was, like, a big tide turning. And so... I, through no work of my own, being gay became so much more socially acceptable by the time I grew up. So I was in a strange little time for coming out. Um, but for me personally, I didn't want to come out. I actually wanted to pray the gay away. So I tried to get sent to camp, uh, the Armageddon camp, if anyone knows that, which is like this pray the gay away camp. And I couldn't pull it off because my mom wouldn't sign the forms. She was like too nervous that someone would find out. She was oh. like, just pray. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So your mom was so worried about you being gay that she didn't even want to risk getting no, she, you yeah. cured right. because she didn't want it to come out that you even went to one of these camps. Yeah. Wow. I think a part of her also was a little nervous about what was going on at the camps. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so to her credit, um, thank God for that. Um, but uh, How old were you at this point? When I was 16, uh, wow. 15, 15, okay. I started coming out slowly at 16. So uh, at, 15, at 15, you were I really wanted very to much still involved with your family's church and thinking that everything that you were feeling was wrong. Yeah, totally. I was confused when puberty started. Um, but then at 14, I decided that uh, I drew parallels 
the Bible talks a lot about rage being a very terrible sin. And so I was like, you know, some kids are just more rageful than others. And I'm just like more gay than others. So <laughs> it's just like with the rage, I just need to like learn to control it. So um, I went at 12. I was just super depressed, very suicidal, crying all the time, praying all the time. Um, and then 14, 15, I was like, no, it's okay. Like, God will take care of this. We got this. We're going to pray. Um, and then by 16 to 17, things had taken a turn for the better. And I was learning to be an individual and pushing away from the church. And, um, and definitely music was a huge part of that. Did you feel that you had to get rid of God to get to move away from the church or were you able to, was there a point where you felt, I mean, you're praying so much. Mm-hmm. Did God evolve for you? And You know, the church that I was going to was so messed up that uh, I separated from the church, but didn't separate from God in the beginning. Um, and then I went to Bible school and I learned a lot of things about the Bible that I didn't agree with. And then I pushed religion like so far away. Like when I was 18, I was like, uh, very outspokenly anti-religious. Um, but now things have come to a softer space. I find myself very spiritual. And um, uh, the gay stuff is besides the issue now with like my walk with like God or whatever it is. So, um, But uh, yeah, definitely I think uh, my renouncing God had nothing to do with me being gay at the end of it. It was just, I don't like the way a lot of Christians behaved at the time. What's and what's your relationship with your family now? Well, it's still very in, in regards to art as well. Yeah, in, it's still very strained just because they we had such a strange upbringing, living at the church, stuff like that. Um, and my art is uh, frustration for my. So growing up, my my mom and I, the one thing that we agreed on is music. She loved music. Mm -hmm. She was a terrible singer, and she was very proud of it. (laughs) She would just belt in the wrong keys to every song. Um, Also not that great of a dancer. So we'd just be twirling in the kitchen to her belting the wrong (laughs) key. It was great. That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. And that's really what we agreed on. But she had always imagined my career being worship music. So it's still, to this day, pretty frustrating for her. But simultaneously... uh, exciting for her because you know i'm actually doing what i wanted to do and she loves music so much so she's conflicted but um i think that uh for my siblings they get really inspired to do their own thing they finally everyone moved out of the we're from carson city in reno nevada and they all moved out so i think that uh uh my music is helpful in getting my siblings like inspired and moving and grooving oh wow so you're you're the eldest I'm the oldest of five. Wow. So am I. Really? (laughs) Yes. Oh, no. (laughs) No way. Yeah. Two brothers and two sisters. What about you? Yes. Two brothers, two sisters. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. Which means I have three girls. You've got I've got three boys. boys. Yeah. 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 No way. That's freaking crazy. Yeah. Actually, it's interesting as an eldest because I don't feel like an eldest. I feel kind of irresponsible and a bit reckless. Oh, I don't know. I feel a bit immature and like I'm learning by trial and error. Mm-hmm. But I remember my dad said to me, you know, you really inspire your brothers and sisters. I mean, they're like lawyers and business, aren't they? like they're oh, really goodness. successful. And I was like, oh, I'm just this creative one. <laughs> and he said, no, dad said, you've really inspired them by actually going out and following your dreams mm-hmm. and being fearless. And yeah. that's, you know, so that's, I love that you said that you've inspired your brothers <laughs> and sisters. Yeah. How did you, did, did you have a, a conscious process of maintaining your, 
your uh, your confidence in artistry and art throughout your childhood upbringing? Um, was it your faith mm-hmm. within yourself that that um, didn't allow you to to fall into this idea that like you weren't a singer or right. that you can't be creative? Like, right. How how did you get out and and where you are now yeah i don't really know i thought about this a lot a lot like spent a lot of nights like not sleeping wondering why i was kind of a little bit different than other people especially in the confidence thing but not just confidence it's like critical thinking like a lot of people give up on their dreams just because they get convinced to Mm -hmm. because it's quote unquote unreasonable to follow your dreams and they just kind of do whatever i remember i was in kindergarten class And I was only allowed to go to one year of public school um, before my family kind of joined this church. So I was in kindergarten class and the teacher asked us to pledge allegiance to the flag, right? And I raised my hand and I was like, what does pledge mean? So then she goes through this whole thing. Then I raised my hand again and I said, what does allegiance mean? So I was always like from a young age, like asking these questions that kind of no one else was. And then I decided not to pledge allegiance. I was like, this sounds a lot like giving my heart to Jesus, which is something I already did. I was like, my dance card is full. I I can't throw America on this too. I'm already, I'm living for Jesus. My mom and dad are telling me what to do every day. I can't throw another thing in there. I'm not even sure what America is. Is America the devil? Right, I had no idea. She's talking about the president. I was like, I don't know what that is or who that is. So I definitely can't be like living for him. Who's that? Um... Oh my God, I love that. So ever since I was young, I was always like asking these really critical questions and I was always like making decisions that I felt pretty confident in. Like the teachers were like, you can't just not pledge the allegiance. And I was like, watch me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I just didn't do it. So I don't really know where it came from. Um, I was a fencer growing up and uh, I was like pretty good, I guess. I teach it now for a living. At one point I was like 16th in the country. It was like the highest Holy place shit. that Actually, I ever got. I, did, I was going to say, is that real? You know, like sometimes people is on Facebook say they're a member of a group just because uh, it's like, that <laughs> sounds funny. But I was like, oh no, it looks like a legitimate group. <laughs> oh my really God. Fancy. Yeah, I really, I teach fencing for a living in Los Angeles. Um, I think it sounds, it seems, it's an interesting sport. I mean, mm-hmm. it's very elegant. It's probably fantastic for dancers. I guess, yeah, there's a lot of connection. It's a martial art, though. You know, it's been portrayed in films as like this, like hoity toity, like very kind of almost a soft mm-hmm. moment, but it's not really. It's just people bashing each other with giant metal swords. Oh my <laughs> so it's a little less elegant than people think and more like grunting caveman. Mm. Oh. Um, <laughs> which is and hot. White suits, <laughs> white body suits. <laughs> Um, uh, but I, that gave me a lot of confidence fencing at such a high level really helps me, but I don't really know. I think that, you know, some people just naturally critically think and are more confident than others. Uh, but then we're riddled with depression and anxiety. So, you know, it's a, it's a mixed bag. So, how do you, oh, well, no, I, um, think hearing you talk, I'm thinking of purpose and, what is your purpose on this planet? Um, I kind of uh, reject the idea of purposes, which makes me sound like I think I'm better than everyone else. But I'm not really worried about that. I'm just trying to have a good time and trying to help other people have a good time if I can. If I can't help you, then oh well. Um, <laughs> but if I can, if it's in the schedule and I got enough uh, 
uh, enough in my cup to pour in yours, then that's what I'm really about. I'm just trying to have a good time. And, and uh, you know, I wake up with a lot of dreams and goals and visions, and I, I would love to see as many of those come true as possible. But not because, you know, I have some grand, like, I want to change the world or inspire kids or anything, you know, whatever. I just, I want to have a good time and have a great life. Yeah, it doesn't have to be more complicated than that, yeah. I think. And I think that we have this idea of, like, what am I going to be? What is, what is going to happen with this? Um, and we forget about following our bliss or following mm-hmm. what feels good and having fun yeah. and, and re-envisioning what's around us. You know, matter is neither created nor destroyed. So anything, any work of art is translated from an experience that existed before we did or mm-hmm. existed and we're the ones translating it. So um, a part of the, the dream crushing process, I feel, for a lot of people is the realization or their um, their focus on something that's just too complex. Mm-hmm. You know, the monster is just too strong for mm-hmm. them to handle. Mm-hmm. But I love what you said right now, and it, it's just a basic day to day living in your truth. And how do you how do you keep going forward in it? I mean, you say that you do struggle with, you know, yeah. doubt and depression. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think we all do. We all do. A. <laughs> and, then, and then there's and those things can really block us yeah. from stepping into our power and getting up there and mm-hmm. performing and believing and mm-hmm. going to the effort of recording a music right, video, right, recording right, a right. cover, making songs. Yeah. For, for me, this biggest struggle is the money process of it. My family was so poor. I mean, now looking back, I'm like, that shouldn't even have been legal. Like, it was crazy the amount. <laughs> like, my family, family was crazy poor. So I think I still struggle with, like, I hate spending money on art. That's my big thing that creates a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear for me. The actual art, art part of it, I, I don't really have a lot of fear about performing or showing up or doing whatever. Um, because there are people who literally think Whitney Houston is not good. I'm like, what? It's subjective. So right. I'm like, I don't have time. If you don't like Lady Gaga, it's like, <laughs> that tells you, like, there's no, you can't please everyone. So it's like, yeah. um, I don't really worry too much about that part. But the part that I do still struggle with confidence wise is like, I would love to make money at art at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And I do not want to be like the 40 year old at the open mic, like still like waiting for restraints. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. So that part is like something I really struggle with. Mm, Yeah. And I think in a capitalist society, it's like there, that is a real thing, you Mm -hmm. know, like we should, I want to make, enough money so that I can focus on things that I want to do, you know, and not have to be pulled in all these other directions and to, to, uh, to make money. Right. So it would be nice to start profiting off of art. And I think that's, (laughs) I mean, that's why a gay guts for me is, is important because it's like, uh, I, we try and compensate artists for their time and we try and ask the people who are going there to support the night Mm -hmm. because, because it doesn't exist otherwise, right. you know? And it's about supporting, yeah, supporting Supporting in, and, in, it, in any way you can, you know? Yeah. Down, download, stream, buy the record, buy the merch, watch Jake's music video, <laughs> come to <laughs> Gay Guts, you know? The money goes to the artist, blah, blah, blah. All that. Yeah, Gay Guts is uh, one of my favorite nights, period. But I think it does an amazing job of creating platforms for people that really wouldn't have it. Yeah, yeah it's a phenomenal night. And going back to your song uh. that is going to be up as mm-hmm. a music video, mm-hmm. Blue, you mm-hmm. cover Eiffel 65's Blue. Yes. Why did you pick that song? You know, I'm, uh, I'm obsessed with songs that kind of captivated the nation. 
I'm like really into like zeitgeist songs. And um, that song is uh, created a lot of brand new sounds and people were so obsessed with it. And no one knew really what the words even were. And um, so I like songs that are kind of almost confusing. Um, and when I looked at the lyrics, it's actually a beautiful song. It's very sad. And the parallel he's, he's trying to say is like, uh, he lives in a blue world, a sad world. And so does everyone around him. We're all kind of pretending and marching along trying our best to pretend we're happy and I thought it was so beautiful so I wanted to see what would happen if you deconstructed the song and just brought piano in which is I think the instrument that conveys emotion the best and kind of uh, slowed down the lyrics and let people actually hear what they were saying because it was really beautiful and the chord structure is insane and uh, yeah that's why Oh, um, awesome. That's going to be... Go check out that music video because... <laughs> There's also a, a remix of uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air um, theme song in that song. And that was because uh, we were playing the song and I was intoxicated extremely. And um, I suddenly started singing the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air song and everyone was like, stop, we're trying to practice. And I was like, this is the song now. <laughs> there you um, go. And then it just evolved into us mixing the two. So, wow, yeah. the muse just swoops down and just... I told you, <laughs> exactly. Oh, Thank God I wasn't on a bus that time. So uh, tell us about your song Crescendo. Crescendo is the only single I have out right now, and that's because of an amazing producer named Tegan. He's Canadian. He's very hot. I, why are all Canadians hot? <laughs> <laughs> I love Canadians. What's that all about? <laughs> <laughs> He's just such a great guy, and um, he really, uh, he, you know, uh, in LA especially, the, people love to start projects start being the keyword no mm. one likes to finish things it's very difficult to finish music to mix it and to master it and to pick the harmonies blah blah blah, blah. that's the difficult part um so uh tegan just was one of those people that finishes things and so it was great to like see a project through like that it's really fun it's a dance track um it's out right now so you can find it on spotify or I mean, itunes should we listen or, to it yes yeah. totally put on crescendo yeah. let's do it
The level, like your commitment to things, your questioning of what the Pledge of Allegiance was, your commitment to faith, your commitment to, to art, it translates in the way you express lyrics, your, the detail and what you want. And that's, that's why I think your performances are intoxicating, why people get chills, why people want to hear you more, you know? And, and I just, I, feel, I think it's amazing to be in such a controlled environment as a kid to still maintain that level of commitment and things that you actually do stand behind. You know, like the church you learn more about and you disagreed with, it didn't mean that you stopped committing to things. Right, it just meant right, you, right. you continue to look for other things to commit to that you were more aligned with. Yeah. So every song you sing, you are committed to. Mm -hmm. So every lyric you put out there is conscious and we're listening to someone who is believing what they're saying. <laughs> and that makes all the difference when you're listening to music and when you're seeing a performance. You're a beam just fucking pouring out. Honestly. I, I have no, no words for that. Thank <laughs> but, you so much. <laughs> but here's the thing with, I know for me and my, and creating a project that has to do with family, this mm -hmm, last one with yeah. Hunger City, and now, and having a family to talk to about that, there's right. this disconnect of being, you know, my family being proud of the work that I put into mm -hmm. it and standing behind this cause of bringing awareness. But they, that also means that they have to deal with the reality right. in ways that they can't control. You know, so mm. your your parent, your parents, your mom, like, will see your work out there. Mm -hmm. We'll see this music video and you being yourself, which is a queer artist expressing yourself in fashion. Mm -hmm. You know, being full of rage, <laughs> this beautiful rage. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. and you're. I'm assuming you go home. I'm assuming you know, but that that is sort of across that. I believe probably every artist of gay guts bears because yes. they're all we're we're coming into your truth is living a second life. Yeah. You know, from where when you were being raised as a child to now making the decisions on your own of who yeah. you want to be in the world. Mm -hmm. And gay guts is about putting people on a stage who are deciding who they want to be in the world for themselves and not what they were grown to be. Right. That's radical authenticity really isn't it and it's the queer superpower too it's like you don't realize it when you're going through the chaos and the pain of everything but when you come out on the other side the ability to actually be who you want to be is what i think everyone craves and queer people just we just get it once we make that decision i think it's really beautiful so when did you change your name i love that <laughs> <laughs> Being who you yeah, was that part yeah that part of that journey for you um, well, you know, I changed my name for two reasons. Number one, I just wanted to be cool, you know? 
Check. Mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, it's double A. It's cool. <laughs> um, uh, there's also Schoolhouse Rock videos. Do you guys remember those videos? Yeah. Well, Conjunction function. What's your function? Oh, yeah. um, there's one where it's like, when two vows go walking, the first one does the... T- it's a country song. The first one does the talking. And... Um, I remember being really young and being like, why does my name not have two vowels? Because if it was Jake, there should be two vowels to make the A say A. And my mom was like, that's not how it works. <laughs> so for I was uh, rebellious of this. I thought school Sorak is correct. So I was spelling my name J-A-A-K no E for the longest. <laughs> and my mom was like, you're misspelling the word. But we were homeschooled. So I just said, I don't believe you. This <laughs> is um, so pre-Google, everyone. Okay. So I couldn't check. Oh um, so uh, I eventually just threw the E back in there and, and chilled there with Jake. And then uh, Castro, uh, I really disliked my father. And um, I didn't want his last name. And I went to Gay Pride in San Francisco. And there was gridlock on our way into the Castro. And people were like flipping each other off and fighting. And the cars literally were moving for like two hours. And I was like, we are a bunch of queer people about to party. Like this week should not be fighting right now. So I jumped on the top of our car. I was 21. And I was like, play. Oh, we played Kazaki. If there are any queer kids that are my age, <laughs> Kazaki was like this Russian queer dance band that whispered words. They'd be like, dance move it was so bad but we loved it we turned songs of songs and i started throwing glitter out on the top of the car and dancing and the whole freeway became like a little dance party and a helicopter came was like you need to get back in your cars it was like oh great. shit so and i remember i got in the car and i was dating this boy at the time and he's like you know you just changed probably like 200 people's day oh. and i was like Oh my God, I could be a star. <laughs> <laughs> so I changed my last name to Cat. I changed my last name to Castro, inspired by that whole moment. Oh my God, it's a beautiful a moment. moment. Yeah, I but it. I just want to say that I'm not Latin, and I understand that my name is hashtag problematic now that I've grown up. Oh, but yeah. we're keeping it. Yeah. Well, I look to you to keep me on check with what's appropriate, what's <laughs> not appropriate, now politically correct. <laughs> I'm so grateful you're the host, too, because you say all the right things yeah. and you make sure we get the pronouns right and make people feel respected and, and seen and heard. Because that's, that's another big thing. People are um, a lot. Uh, I get feedback saying, like, is, is a pronoun a big deal? Right, like, right, right. And it is a big deal. You know, it's someone's identity. And if you take the time to respect them, you're respecting someone. Right, right. Um, Actually, how would you tell people if, because, you know, they look at you and they go, oh, you look a certain way, I'm not sure. And then they get worried that they're going to say the wrong thing. And And it's, yeah, that's, I think people need to know it's okay to ask. Yeah. Yeah. I usually go the other route of, I usually am like, it's not a big deal. So why make it a big deal? Just call people what they want to be called. You're making, you're, you're stepping your foot into the ground and saying like, I can't change pronouns. It shouldn't even be important. You're the one making it important. If it's not that big of a deal, then just let it go and call people what they want to be called. Well, that's, I mean, this is the thing. If, if, you know, if someone was like, you know what? You don't look like a Melanie. Right. So I think maybe you should treat, you should treat pronouns like that. You know, like Mm -hmm. you don't know someone's pronoun until you meet them Mm -hmm. and you might make a mistake. Like maybe accidentally you might think that my name is 
I don't know. <laughs> Jeff, you look like a Jeff to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Jeff. Hi, my name's Jeff. Let me just come up and say, oh, hi, Jeff. Oh, no, sorry, my name's Melanie. Oh, sorry, Melanie. Yeah, Melanie, nice yeah, to meet you. Exactly. No, Great of, parallel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep it stepping. Oh, this has been so amazing. Crescendo, your song is unreal. Thank you. I'm so Dance excited party. for your blue rendition yes so phenomenal if you want to check out jake's work follow him on instagram smile it's jake (laughs) j-a-a-k-e and of course you can follow beautiful hollywood just go to beautifulhollywood.com and we'll put up all the links and you can find links for me and enrique jesus hernandez and gay guts on instagram is underscore gay guts underscore yeah. Um, and then there's so many social media. So we're just listed on beautifulhollywood.com. <laughs> yeah, click the link, check it out. Check Jake out at the next Gay Guts. Yes. Check yes. all the other artists out. Um, if you haven't been to a Gay Guts and you're in Los Angeles, you have to you have to come support artists, support queer artists. Yes. Support unity through vulnerability. <laughs> you might just find a home. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you, Jake Castro. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Enrique. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you, Jake. Just kidding. Beautiful.